Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. So we're in this Easter, I would call it a mini-series, because we're inside the book of Mark. As you know, we've been working through the book of Mark this term, and and we've called this little mini-series for Easter within the book of Mark the final week, the final week. And as you know, Tim already mentioned that we're having our Passover on Tuesday night, we're having a Good Friday service and then our our, um, Resurrection Sunday service next week. I might not be around this week. I'm going for a minor surgery that's been brought forward to tomorrow. If you think of me, pray for me. They're going to be getting in my sinuses and doing some work up there. So if you could pray for me tomorrow, I might need a few days or a week or two to recover. So just think of me this week over this Easter week, all right? And uh, that would be wonderful. But you're in good hands. Rick, next week, uh, Rick Wright, the wonderful Rick Wright, pastor at church for the last 30 years and been up here with Le- Leone and Rick have led a wonderful church down in Melbourne. And uh, so Rick's going to be up here preaching on the big weekend for, for a Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Sound good? So it's going to be a wonderful weekend next weekend as we remember that. Today we can remember that this is the first day of the last week of Jesus' life. And it's what we call Palm Sunday. It's when Jesus entered into Jerusalem for the last time. And last week we focused on that 14-mile journey that Jesus walked with his disciples as he headed towards Jerusalem. And today we think about when he came into Jerusalem. And uh, we tried to understand last week, just in reflection, from Mark chapter 10. What could possibly be going through Jesus' mind as he's approaching this final week? And we saw him predict his death three different times leading up to his journey into into Jerusalem. Um, In trying to explain to disciples what was about to happen to him, he couldn't get it across what was going to happen. He tried to explain to them and it says that they didn't understand what was going to happen. So Jesus really did walk this journey alone. No one truly understood what was about to happen except Jesus himself. And remember in chapter 10, he stopped there. He pulled the disciples aside for a kind of a private get-together with them. And and he spoke these words. And I want you to imagine just for a moment being there with Jesus in that moment when he says, guys, huddle in with me for a moment. Get in here with me. And he says, listen, listen. We're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and to the teachers and religious law. They will be sentencing him to die. And then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked and flogged with a whip and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Jesus is showing us here that he knew the promise of God, which he was holding on to, that he would be raised from the dead. Amen? He knew that he would be raised up on the third day. And I believe that right there, Jesus was telling the disciples, I can get through this because I'm holding on to the promise. I can get through anything because God's victory over sin and death is at hand. And we're going to hang on to that promise as we do this and go through this horrific Jerusalem experience knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel, in a sense. We can all do well to remember this, church. When we go through our own Jerusalems, when we're heading into a Jerusalem experience, you may feel alone, you may think you're alone, but guess what? You are never alone. You are never alone. We are never heading into Jerusalem experiences alone. You may think you're alone, but Jesus has already 
felt all of this before and he is with you. He's been through it all and he's walking with you in your fears and your anxieties and your struggles and your unknowns. Jesus already knows. Jesus is walking ahead of you on that road as he did with the disciples. And Jesus wants you to hang on to this truth, hang on to the same promise that he told the disciples about 2,000 years ago that he would rise from the dead. We can hang on to the resurrection power of God to come into every situation that we face in our lives. The same promise that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago is for us today. Resurrection power is at hand for us. And that's the hope we have to overcome. And that's the song we were just singing about. And Brianna and the team will lead us in that again after this message. But first... Let's fast forward to Mark chapter 11 right now because today we're reflecting on Palm Sunday, the moment when Jesus arrived into Jerusalem. It's known as the triumphant entry, the triumphant entry. It's an important moment because it's recorded in all four Gospels. We read about it. It was of very great importance and it's because Jesus knew that his time had come. He said in John 13, 1, Jesus knew that his hour had come. Well, what does that mean? It means that he knew that he was about to die. Jesus knew he was headed towards his own death that he had predicted several times before. And Jesus came humbly into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Kids, he's riding on a donkey. Of all things, the Messiah the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he comes into Jerusalem riding on a a donkey. A donkey brought Jesus into Jerusalem. We're going to read about it right now in in Mark chapter 10. It says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go on to the village over there, he told them, As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. Next slide. There we go. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the colt? Well, that they said that Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. And then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, And I think we can all read this together. Are you ready? Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. All right, before we go on, kids. Kids, can I tell you a joke about a donkey? Yes or yes? All right, here's our donkey. This is a dad joke. Are we all good with dad jokes? All right. What do you call a donkey with a missing leg? A wonky donkey. Well, what do you call a donkey with a missing leg and a missing eye? 
a winky wonky donkey. And what do you call a donkey with a missing leg and a missing eye and forgot to take a bath? A stinky winky wonky donkey. I've always thought the donkey is an unusual animal, right? Maybe that's because of the noises that they make. Can anyone here do a good donkey impression? Let me hear it. Oh, up the back there. Anyone else? Donkeys, come on. Let me hear some donkeys. Jeez. Can the big kids give me a donkey impression? Come on. There it is. I told you that they're unusual. Imagine an animal that makes a noise like that. It's really unusual, just like all of you. <laughs> Has anyone here ever owned a donkey? I've never owned a donkey. But there was someone in the Bible who owned a donkey. You don't see donkeys around that much, but I'm sure that you can think of some people that remind you of a donkey, right? The donkey made it into the Bible. And you see, the donkey carried our Saviour into Jerusalem. And this part of Jesus' journey, he sent two disciples ahead of him into a village to find the guy who owned the donkey. Very specific request right here. Kind of strange. But what you need to know is that Tim referred to this earlier. 500 years earlier, it was predicted, it was prophesied by Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah spoke out that the, a future king will be presenting himself into Jerusalem riding on a... Now, I want you to think about how amazing this is for a moment. I mean, maybe 10 minutes ago, you could have predicted or prophesied, if it's not really pro prophecy, it was a prediction, that I was going to stand up here in 10 minutes and be preaching on Palm Sunday. It would have been a fairly accurate prediction 10 minutes ago. You could make it a prediction like that quite accurately. 500 years ago, Zechariah predicted, and he said these words, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey riding on a donkey's colt. Church, isn't that amazing? Do you think that's amazing or is it just me? That all of these prophecies, this is one of many prophecies, hundreds and thousands of years previous about Jesus very specifically coming. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the guy who owned the donkey? We don't know his name or what he looked like. We don't know... We don't know anything about this guy, but we do know that he gave away his donkey to God. He gave his donkey to God. This guy was a special part of God's plan because 500 years earlier, God had already set up this scene. This guy would be waiting in a village with a donkey and that these guys, these disciples will come along and ask to take his donkey. Very specifically, they'd take that donkey back to Jesus as a savior and he would ride that donkey into Jerusalem. Wow, it's really specific. One day in heaven, we're all going to get to meet the guy who owned the donkey. That's going to be interesting because we can all ask him the same question. Can we all go up to him and ask the same question? We can all go and say, 
how did you know to let your donkey go? How did you know that you should give your donkey to these people? Because that would have been a really valuable thing of yours. That's like someone coming up to me if I had a brand new car and, and saying, I need to take your car because the king needs it. I'll be like, whoa, I don't know about that. And this is what this guy would have dealt with. Would it have been hard for you to release that donkey to those strangers that came up to you? I'm going to ask him that question. Just because someone said the king needs it? I mean, that's huge. I mean, did God give you a vision that this was going to happen? How did you know to let it go? Would you have any questions for the guy who owned the donkey when you meet him? Maybe you could relate to him in some ways. I relate to him in some ways. Well, this is how I relate to him. Quite often, I think God asks me to release something for him. I feel like he asks me to do something or to release something for him. And sometimes I have to make a decision because it's a really valuable thing to me. And I might be holding on to it quite tightly. And God's saying, release it. It's, and I'm saying, no, Lord, it's my donkey. It's mine. And it's hard to let go. And can anyone else relate to this or is it just me? I think we all have this thing that we want to hold on to our stuff. And I wonder if it was hard for the guy with the donkey to let go of this very valuable possession. But aren't we all glad that he did let go of the donkey? The guy with the donkey was used by God really special, in a special way. He didn't hold on to it. He released it with open hands. And it might not seem like much to you right now. You know it was just a donkey, right? But it was that donkey that led Jesus into Jerusalem to begin the last week of his life. And I bet it was a significant moment. Now here's the amazing thing that happened. The saviour of the world continued the journey towards Jerusalem on this guy's donkey. God's great redemptive plan for the, for the world kept progressing forward because this guy released his donkey. He played a small part in the big plan. And God rode on that donkey into Jerusalem. Isn't that an amazing thought? And they thought, think about this, all four Gospels recorded the story about the donkey. Ever since then, people have been telling this story. People all over the world, for centuries now, every single Easter time, have been reading about the donkey and preaching about it in churches. And here we are today, thinking about the fact that this guy released his donkey to God and Jesus rode it into Jerusalem. What generosity he displayed and what obedience he displayed. And it says to me something about being obedient and immediately releasing to God when he speaks to me. An immediate release to God. Do I immediately release my stuff to God when he puts his finger on and he asks me for something? Am I obedient in that way? And am I generous in that way? It's a challenge to me. I wonder if the guy knew that it would be used for such noble purposes or if he just gave it out of faith. Because I've learned that when I give something to God, I'm not always sure how God's going to use it. 
I don't know if he's going to use it or how he's going to use it, but God is looking for one simple thing in me. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for generosity and obedience in my heart and in my character. He wants me to release my life to him immediately. If God says it, you should just do it. You should just do it. And by faith, you can believe that it was going to make a difference, that you are going to make a difference, that what is your donkey will make a difference. God doesn't make empty requests. God wants to use you and use us. When you release something to God, you are helping move Jesus. You're helping move Jesus and his story of love and grace further out into the world and into the kingdom and on the road ahead. So on this Palm Sunday over this Easter, I want to ask you this. I want you to ask yourself a question. What's your donkey? All of us have a donkey. We all have one or two, in fact. And God is saying this. It's mine anyway, he says. It's his donkey. And he wants us to look after it, but we're stewards of his stuff. And I just need to be faithful and release it to him when he asks. And I want us to remember in verse 3, it said, If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, just say, the Lord needs them. And he will immediately let you take them. When Jesus told them to use the word, the Lord's need them, he was using the language that they would understand in those days in ancient law, which was required that a person would release their possessions if, the, if these words were used, that the king was in need of it. Jesus here was claiming to be king. He was claiming to be king over all things. Another version says, it's the Lord. The Lord has need of it. He's claiming to be the Lord. He's claiming here, he's speaking with one with authority. And the person responded faithfully to his master's request and released the donkey. Isn't that great? And this Easter, I want you to say, what is Jesus asking of you? Okay, let's make it a little personal. What is Jesus asking of you? Maybe he wants you to release a donkey. And you maybe he may want to ride that donkey and take his presence in a new place. He wants you to help move his kingdom forward? Do you let him do it? Or do you hesitate? Or do you release immediately? I want you to think, what's your donkey? All throughout history, people got in God's story. God's story is filled with people who gave little things away to God and he made a big difference with it. Jesus rides on the back of all our donkeys Remember, it says he came humbly. He didn't come in a chariot. He came humbly. On the little things we give him, he can do big things with it. He takes little things like seeds being planted and great harvests can be reaped. God does big things with little things. So what if this guy didn't release the donkey? It would be a different story today, wouldn't it? But he did. He did obey God and he did listen and he did release it. And 2,000 years later, we're here talking about what he did do, not what he didn't do. We're talking about what he did do and that he made a way for Jesus to enter into Jerusalem. Okay, now what happened next 
was really important. And I'm going to flip back to Matthew now, out of Mark, into chapter 22, where the triumphant entry continued and Jesus came into the town for the final week had now begun. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Worship team, I'd like you to come. Prepare to lead us in that song. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Shout it out with me, church. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And again, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. This is what they were shouting as Jesus came in to Jerusalem. Jesus had come to town and it was causing an uproar. Now, a lot of uproar was about to happen this week, in this final week of Jesus' life. Many important messages were about to be given, many very important, strategic, heartfelt, emotional words were about to be shared by Jesus to his disciples, to his friends, to his followers, to his enemies. There's many things about to happen in this week. A lot would happen. It was a week that changed history. It was a week that climaxed with the crucifixion of Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. And it was a week that when you thought it had climaxed and finished, that it went to another level and He rose from the dead and overcame death. The sin. Amazing week ahead. An amazing week ahead. But church, today it's Palm Sunday. And I want you to take your communion cup right now and hold on to this. Take your communion elements. And I want you to remember what Jesus was thinking in this time. It was only Jesus who really knew what was about to happen. If you don't have your communion elements, just raise your hand quickly. They'll come down the aisle and you can grab one. I want you to remember this. Remember that Jesus walked a long 14-mile journey into Jerusalem. I want you to remember this. You are now walking alongside him as a worshiper. And he is walking alongside you as a worshiper. And we remember that when we take the wafers representing the body of Jesus and the blood represents the juice that represents the blood of Jesus. I want you to remember Jesus is walking along this path with you. Okay. I want you to imagine that he's speaking to you right now. And I want you to imagine that he's saying, Troy, 
and you can put your name in there. Troy, you are never alone. You say that to yourself now. This is what Jesus would say to you. You are never alone. Even in your own journey toward Jerusalem, you are never alone. Troy, you are never alone. I am always with you. I get what you're going through. I feel the pain that you feel. I know what it's like. I know what it feels like. I have grieved with you. I have suffered with you. I have given it all for you. I understand when you've been lost. I understand when you've been broken and empty and feeling separated and lonely and abandoned. I am walking with you. I'm walking in this journey with you. And I'm meeting with you right now in this moment on this Palm Sunday. And I will meet you in this storm. And we will find the eye of the storm. And there will be peace like no other peace that we will find in this storm on this road to Jerusalem. I want you to know, and I want you to remember, Troy, this Easter, you are never alone. You are never alone. You are never alone. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. May you reflect on that. Listen to these words and you take communion as you feel led during this song.